Welcome back to another episode of In The Zone. I am Anthony Pinello along with Chris Martelli and Giancarlo Alino. We're going to jump right into it. We got a two-parter here today. We've got our top 20 centers list. I believe I'm starting this one off, right, boys? Yes, you are. So, yep, to jump right into it, number 20, I got Logan Couture. Ah. Uh, uh, you know, he's a 10-year veteran now. The stats have never really been what most people have expected coming into the league, but he's coming off a career year, 70 points. He's got those young guys around him now. So he's 28 years old, so now I really think he can consistently put up these kinds of numbers with guys like Meyer and Hurdle around him. So... Also a really strong playoff performer, quietly. Mm-hmm. People have just kind of been talking about that recently, but Logan Couture cracks my list at 20. At number 20, I got the Russian on the Washington Capitals, one of the Russians, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Love it. Good playmaker, <laughs> solid uh, performer in the playoffs. Every year he's improving. Uh, I had him a little bit higher, but uh, there's a few videos out there that surfaced uh, with some lines, so bad guy. Not good. <laughs> Not abiding by the rules of the league, setting a good example. Your ranking goes down a few spots. But, yeah, Kuznetsov, good kid. Wow. Uh, Logan was really considered. He was just outside. But my number 20, a couple of years ago, this guy was probably in the top five. Jonathan Taves, number 20 for me. Um, on average, he averages about 55 points per season. Last year, it skyrocketed at the age of 30. I don't know if this is going to be a consistent thing. I don't think it will be. He's more of that two-way center, and he's probably one of the most loved centers in the game, and everything that he's done for Chicago, <laughs> basically he's a champion. He's done everything. So um, it's, it really is a shame for me, looking back now, how kind of I, – I, I thought like maybe a couple years ago he'd still be in the top 10, but unfortunately this game's getting younger, and a lot of guys just – to me surpassed him so I, I see i was thinking of leaving taves off the list but i couldn't so for that reason taves is number 20 number 19 just to follow on that jonathan taves uh yeah i just uh, cracked my list as well he had an 80 point season which was a career high for a 30 year old which uh it's pretty surprising because yeah his stats of i'm not going to say underwhelming he's one of the better two-way players in the league and Let's the other guys do most of the scoring. But, yeah, this amazing season, I kind of had to put him in here. The Hawks had a really strong end to the season. So, Jonathan Taves at 19. Yeah, I feel feel like if he didn't have an 80-point year, it would have been a little more accepting of not having him on this list. So, good for Taves there. Yeah, uh, my number 19 it's Jonathan Taves. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just everything he's done in Chicago. He's a winner. Uh, career year. Uh, 30 years old, so he's still in his prime. Doesn't really show signs of slowing down too much, but I think he has maybe a few more years at this level. Uh, Chicago is improving. They were in a rebuild. They still kept like their core. So Jonathan Taves is a big part of that, so I have him at 19. My number 19 is the guy on Washington, Evgeny Kuznetsov. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what else to really say about Kuznetsov. I mean, if he didn't have the skill set, he probably wouldn't be on this list. Uh, his skill set to me is elite. I'd say maybe top 10. Um, don't don't take that personally because I'm not really sure about that because the young guys are all really skilled. But Kuznetsov, what he's done kind of over the last three years, I think has surprised a lot of fans in Washington. I don't think they saw him to be – 
this insane. I remember when he got drafted, there was hype around him, but like, come on, guys. Like Nicholas Backstrom's there. It's like, okay, this guy's going to be the number one center for the whole time in Washington. And then finally, Kuznetsov's kind of battling Backstrom the last couple of years. I think if for fantasy now, I think I would take Kuznetsov over Backstrom. But man, like Kuzi to me has really, really shown that sometimes it takes patience and uh, it's taken this guy maybe a couple more years to get going but man he's got all the skill in the world so to me number 19 uh, 18 i got kuznetsov who came into the league um actually he was coming from the khl and he was a late first rounder so i don't think most people didn't really know what to expect i think that's most people that come from the khl he had that high 70 point season and then he kind of fell off and then there were still kind of question marks, but he's been really consistent over the last two years. Capitals finally have that one, two punch down the middle. And uh, yeah, I can, I can see him getting around 65 to 75 for the next little while. So they got a nice setup in Washington. Kuznetsov is at 18. My number 18, Anze Kopitar of the LA Kings, just a winner. That team is trash, but no matter how bad they are, He's still a focal point of that. And then any team, if he was available, I think all 31 teams or 30 other teams in the league would want to have him and trade for him. He's a difference maker on offense, um, a good leader in the room. I got Anze Kopitar. Number 18, Anze Kopitar. Um, rinse and repeat. Uh, again, two-way centers are very valuable in this league. But for me, his – man, like two years ago, he had like 92 points – Proved a lot of people wrong, a lot of doubters, at least midway through the season. But, man, his two-way game is elite. Arguably the second-best two-way center in the game, right behind Patrice Bergeron. If he puts up, like, 80 points this year, he's probably going to skyrocket up my list next year. But he is 31 now. He's on a team that isn't that good. Actually, probably bottom five. And he needs support and he needs help. So I think Kopitar, his offensive game, I don't think it's ever going to hit a 90 plateau again because of the support. The supporting cast right now is not looking that good in L.A. But, yeah, man, you can't cancel out his two-way game and everything that he's done for the franchise. So to me, he's number 18. At 17, I got Nick Backstrom, who quietly puts up 70 to 80 points every year. No one really talks about him because of that other Russian guy. But, uh, yeah, probably one of the more consistent players in the last decade. He's just an assist machine, one of the best playmakers in the game. So, you know, Nick Backstrom will continue to be on this list. So right now he's at 17. Nick Backstrom again. So, uh, so far, <laughs> everything you said, uh, him and Ovechkin, since they've been together as a duo, one of the best duos in the league, he gets a lot of assists on Ovechkin goals. And Ovechkin is able to score a lot of those goals because he's got a passer like Nick Backstrom who has that uh, great playmaking ability. So Nick Backstrom for me. Uh, number 17 I have is Sean Monahan, Calgary Flames. Uh, this guy maybe two years ago was, to me, one of the more exciting players in the game. Uh, he didn't really have an identity two years ago. A lot of people were saying, is he a goal scorer? Is he an assist maker? Is he a two-way center? What is he? So... Over the years, I've kind of seen him as a 35-35, a 30-30 guy. He'll get you 60 points, consistent guy. He's the franchise center in Calgary and will be for years. And with Goudreau, that's a very, very scary young pairing duo. And they're arguably one of the best scoring duos already in the league. And Sean Monaghan, to me, his ceiling on this list is it's scratching maybe top 10 eventually. He's got that game. He's got that confidence. 
Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they even gave him the, the captaincy when Giordano uh, calls it a career. So to me, Sean Monahan number 17, but in a couple years, probably go up. Number 16, I got Jack Eichel. And I really wanted to put him higher because when you look at uh, just pure talent, he's probably a top five player in the league. But, yeah, um, maybe. He's around point per game every year. But the only problem is he's a huge minus every year and they haven't made the playoffs and they're consistently going through changes in their management and Eichel's kind of been the focal point of that. Not necessarily putting the entire blame on him, but it doesn't exactly look that good. No. But uh, I expect him to climb up next year. He got 82 points this year. Buffalo, you know, um, they had a really hot start and then they cooled off. The talent is really there on that team, so... We'll see if Eichel can take him to the playoffs, but for now, he's at 16. I've asked you this before. What do you think the ceiling is for Jack Eichel in, on like on a type of list like this? Because I could see him as like a top five center, Yeah. but Buffalo has to get going. He really has to work on his defensive game, too. Yeah, he does. But again, like I feel like they have pieces there to kind of fill that void for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like He doesn't really have to work on his defensive game that much. But, yeah, like, I feel like if Buffalo starts winning and Eichel continues to impress, I just want to ask you guys, where do you, th- like, where do you see his ceiling? Because a lot of people are saying that he's not really a t- – he'll ever be a top 10 center. It kind of baffles me hearing that already. It's like 22 years old, 21, and it's like this guy's kind of – it's kind of deadly. So, uh, to me, I could see him maybe being a top five center maybe in a couple of years, but – Maybe pump the brakes for now. <laughs> Top 10, definitely. Because, like, even with all the criticisms, he's still getting around a point per game. Yeah. Yeah. So there's really not a whole lot to improve. Just got to, you know, just in the own zone a little bit. A little <laughs> shaky. Playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> that would help. Uh, for mine, I got Tyler Sagan. This uh, <laughs> might surprise that he's this low on the list, but. I love how you know. <laughs> what Tyler Sagan has done to Dallas. He was brought in to be the difference maker. Him and Ben together, they have this collection of guys. They haven't won a cup. Like they, I'm sure they thought they would win, but it happens when you run into teams that are better and centers who are better. Oh. So <laughs> that's where I got Tyler Sagan here, but it doesn't change that. He is a Stanley Cup champ. Uh, got to respect that. Uh, he's had accomplished a lot in his career. So Tyler Sagan for me right here. Uh, number 16 I got is Nicholas Backstrom on Washington. This guy might be the most underrated player, at least underrated center in the last like decade. No one really talks about what Nick Backstrom's done for Washington, for Sweden, for a lot of people. And what happened to him in the Olympics was very unfortunate. I think if he played that game against Canada, I think it might have been a little bit more close. But Baxter, man, like all the goals that Ovi scores over the years, I would say maybe like a quarter, maybe a little more than that would not happen without Nicholas Backstrom. So Nicholas Backstrom to me has arguably been the best playmaking center in the league since 2007. Uh, You can maybe even argue Claude Giroux. You could argue a lot of other guys. But to me, Nicholas Backstrom, Ryan Getzlav, those guys have been the most consistent playmaking centers that I've seen, at least in my lifetime. So Nicholas Backstrom to me is 16. A couple years ago, he was probably maybe 10. So again, a lot of young centers are coming up. So I have Nicholas Backstrom, 16. Number 15, I have Sebastian Ajo. I think I'm being generous with this one to put him uh, ahead of all of these guys because it's his first year playing center. 
But on uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, he put up 83 points and they made the playoffs for the first time in I don't know how long. And he was the main focal point of their success. And I'm sure he'll move up the list. He's only 21, 22 years old, one of the better young players in the league. So for now, he's at 15. I got Sebastian Ajo too. Just uh, the playoff run. Who were they able to beat? Top teams. They weren't like pushovers or they eliminated. So uh, the way he came into the league his first year, I really thought that like Carolina struck gold right here. And just looking forward, they got lucky with Montreal giving them that stupid contract. They were able to match and save them a lot of money. So Sebastian Ajo is going to be a big part of Carolina. And hopefully they can actually draw some fans in the arena. That would be nice. But it's Ajo for me there. Number 15, I got Jack Eichel, Buffalo. Um, I was really thinking of putting him lower. But again, like the upside that he has, I think it's too high to kind of leave him off the list or leave him a little lower. This guy, I think, sky's the limit for Eichel. I really think that this guy doesn't even get the credit and it's crazy. He's 21 years old, 22. He's been in the league already four years. No one really talks about what he's done. Uh, he had a really scary injury early in his career, and he came back and he got over a point a game. And he's also, you got to think about it, he's kind of improved Reinhardt a bit too. He's brought Reinhardt's offensive numbers up. So I gotta, you got to kind of praise Jack Eichel for that. A lot of people say he is hard to coach, and we kind of have seen that there have been some coaching problems, management problems in Buffalo but Jack, this is just, I think, an immature phase in his career. I think when he matures, yeah, he's going to be a very scary player, and uh, the Leafs have to watch out. So uh, Jack Eichel, 15. Uh, number 14, I got Sean Monaghan, who's coming off a career high in goals and points. Him and Gaudreau are one of the best pairings in the league. I think he pretty much covered everything before. I don't think he'll ever be a like a 90, 100-point guy. He's just a really He could solid. be. He could be with Goudreau. Uh, yeah, with yeah. him, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> if they play together the whole year. But yeah, like, I don't I don't see him as 90 points. Like, I don't see that. 70. Like, just a solid two-way forward. Does everything well. Plays in all zones really well. And yeah, 35, 35 kind of guy is pretty accurate. I uh, came into the league. He had a 20-goal season right off the bat. And I think everyone knew this guy was going to be a force to be reckoned with. So... Sean Monaghan, great player, potential to move up, but for now... At well, I, I remember when he got drafted, a lot of the guys were saying, oh, this guy could be a franchise center at six. I'm like, well, They're saying there that, it is. Uh, for the Flames, like, this is the biggest draft in history. Remember they were building that up? They were, oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was the first guy they take. Yeah, babe, way better than Bennett, clearly. <laughs> yeah, that didn't turn out well. He didn't make the cut, by the way. No. Oh, so close. Honorable mention. <laughs> I got uh, Sean Monaghan as well. Uh, he's just so good. Everything you want in a player, everything you want on your team. I got Monaghan over there, and I think I don't know, Calgary's got something here with him. Gaudreau, Milan Lucic is on the team on the fourth line, so that can help them. Uh, I see him as like a 30-goal guy, constant, like consistent 30-goal guy. He could be maybe 100's pushing it, but I could see him in the 90 range. So for a guy like that, two-way player to get 90 points, it's huge for Calgary. So I got him there. Uh, for me, number 14 is arguably, uh, he's probably right now, I'll say he's the most overrated player just based off of what every how everything has come. Ryan O'Reilly, number 14. Um, he has been a guy that you look at as potential trade bait to one of the key pieces to win a Stanley Cup. 
And uh, I've said to Pinello a lot of times that this guy is a hockey player. He's a center that you want on your team. Colorado, I don't know why you're trading him. I mean, I guess you do now with McKinnon, but uh, that would have been a perfect one-two punch right there. McKinnon and O'Reilly. Damn, that would have been solid. Um, but again, yes, O'Reilly going to St. Louis, arguably being second-line center. He accepted his role playing with Braden Shen. Um, I think he also played a couple games with Tarasenko, arguably you know, bringing up the confidence. I think Tarasenko and Shen kind of brought up uh, O'Reilly's offensive confidence. Like, I feel like O'Reilly, he's going to get like 55 points every single season. He's not really an offensive guy. He kind of he knows his role and he'll do it very well. But man, what I saw this year from O'Reilly, like his offensive numbers went up. Um, his uh, ice time went up. His leadership to me was superb, spectacular. And uh, of course, you have to add the con smite to all that. So um, yeah, to me, Ryan O'Reilly, number 14. I don't know if he will go up the list, but um, solid centerman. Uh, yeah, I, I got him at 13. He had 16 more points than last year, too. So you were saying Tarasenko and Shen brought him up. I uh, I probably agree with that. This is, I know they won the cup, but even, like, even if they got bounced in the first, when you just look at that team on paper, I think it's the best team he's ever been on. It is. Because he hasn't really, he's gotten shafted, and he's usually gotten around 50, 55 points. And you're like, oh, he's a good two-way forward, nice second-line center. This year he really broke through as uh, the Blues' best player on the rush to win the Stanley Cup and 77 points. I don't know if he'll do that next year, but definitely deserves to be on this list. I got Braden Point at that position. Uh, this year, he really turned it up, and a lot of people looking around at this team going, is Braden Point better than Steven Stamkos? Could he be better than Stamkos in like two years from now? The way his point production is, his age, injuries, he's fortunately had like not bad luck. Uh, World Juniors, when he came in and he was a steal for Tampa Bay. So oh. Steve Eiserman is just a wizard when it comes to drafting. Uh, I got Braden Point here. Well, eventually when he signs his new deal, it will be a good indicator, depending on how many millions of dollars he gets, where they're going to have him in the lineup. So Braden Point <coughs> at that spot. Um, for me, number 13, I have Tyler Sagan, Dallas Stars. Um, okay, uh, I'll say maybe two, three years ago, probably would have been top 10 easily. Um he was consistently getting around 70 points on Dallas. Boston came in the league. He was very deadly. Then, of course, Shirelli traded him. Um, Jamie Benn won the Art Ross that year, but I feel like he wouldn't have won it without Tyler Sagan. Sagan, to me, is the offensive weapon that drives Dallas. If Sagan isn't going or Radulov, the team is not really doing much. Um, Sagan, to me, kind of like Eichel, uh, his defensive game is not that good. His offensive game is what carries him. But, man, Sagan, I don't know what it is. I've been waiting for years for him to break out and get 95 points. And for some reason, it's just not coming. He's getting around 75, which is amazing. But I thought the offensive ceiling was a little higher. That's why I have him outside the top 10. I have him at 13. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that he has a really, really great season this year. Uh, number 12, I got Braden Point which is also pretty high for a young centerman. But you look at what he's done coming into the league already, put up 40 points in his rookie year in 60 games, 30 goals, 66 points, and then 92 this year, which seemed to be the norm on that fucking team. But he just seems to keep getting better. Uh, he's drawing a lot of comparisons to Bergeron, a more skilled Bergeron. Uh, it's just a scary thought to think about with that one-two punch down the middle. I only see him getting better, but for now he's at number 12. 
my number 12, Ryan O'Reilly, Conn Smythe winner. He's, as you guys mentioned, the prototypical two-way hockey player. Gets in the areas right there. His defensive uh, ability is just unmatched by some teams. He creates uh, a lot of problems for Bergeron in the playoffs and uh, Marshawn in the finals. Uh, he's just so good at his role. Like, he can come in, if his role is not to score and just defend, he'll go out there and just shut down any guy, any line. You can move him up and down. You can see, uh, like, uh, on Colorado, he's playing the wing at some time. So that's a player you want in your lineup. So Ryan O'Reilly, Conn Smythe winner, is right there for me. Now, the, for me, number 12 was very tough. Um Sebastian Ajo is number 12. Uh, when he got drafted, a lot of the scouts were kind of saying, this is a high-risk, high-reward pick. And, of course, it was the reward. Ajo getting that deal this year is a steal for Carolina. I think this guy is... When you look at players that are X-Factors in the NHL, this guy is an X-Factor. This guy is a guy that can make the league so much better and so much more entertaining. He's only 21 years old. He's now going to take the reins as the number one center. He played wing for most of last season, goes to center now. Um, Jordan still arguably, you know, he can't be a first-line center. So it was good to see Ajo transition to the center role. His skill to me is just disgusting. And... Um, well, I remember when we watched him at uh, uh, remember when we watched him at the World Cup of Hockey. He was on Finland. He was probably their best player that night. And um, Aho to me, sky's the limit for him. I think he's definitely climbing this list. As I do have a couple guys on the top ten that are kind of getting a little older. But Sebastian Aho to me, he's a he's a wild player for me. He's a guy that I look at, and uh, the skill sets there. If he improves his defensive game, oh man, it's going to be scary. So. It's, a, it's very exciting for a city like Carolina to have a player like him because they haven't really had a player like him since Eric Stahl. So it's good to see Carolina finally have a franchise centerman and uh, have a pretty good price tag. So Aho at 12. Uh, number 11, I have Tyler Sagan, who um, just a consistent 75, 80-point guy. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about for years now. We're waiting for him to score like... 50 yeah around that and around 100 points because the talent level is there I think he is better defensively than what people give him credit for um the stars all I just looked this up the other day the lowest scoring team in the league which is pretty surprising when you look at that top six yeah they really are a one-line team I guess it was basically him and Radulov but you know he's been the number one guy there for six seven years now I, get, I don't know if it's a, a Tyler Sagan problem or a Dallas Stars problem, but they just can't seem to get it done with him. I, I feel like he, he his confidence is kind of taking a shot a little bit. And I don't mean that in – like he like I feel like he holds, you know, 27, yeah, 26. I, I just feel like he's he doesn't really know where to go and where to improve his game. I think he knows that he's a great offensive player. He's a difference maker for sure on the ice, but – if he could really improve his defensive game now that we know that Jamie Ben is, it's it sucks to say that he's declining, but he's declining. Sagan should now look at his role on the team and say, "Wow, Spets is gone. There's a pretty good defensive center. Maybe I should try and improve my defensive game." Um, I don't know if it's the gym. I don't know if there's something going on there. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the best relationship with the with the management, but. Yeah, I don't know about Sagan. Like, I just feel like there's something missing in his game that he needs to find, and then he will be that franchise center again. 
I think I'm with you a few years ago. He's well into the top 10. Yes. Like, I love Tyler Sagan. He was one of the more just, exciting players, actually, a couple yeah, years yeah. ago. It's just some guys have passed him now, and he's just that consistent point producer. Yeah. But we're still waiting for that next step, though. But for now, number 11. This is tough, but Patrice Bergeron, number 11. Oh, okay. He was uh, a part of the Boston team that we saw. Sad. Yeah. He's a good defensive player. A great defensive player, actually. And uh, this year, that line uh, produced a lot. Him, Pasternak, and that other guy. Um, what's his name? Marsh? Marsh? Uh, whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a good player. And Bergeron, when he was playing with Crosby in uh, the Olympics and World Cup and all that, he those two guys actually have chemistry. I don't know what it is about those two. <laughs> so it's uh, I have him number 11. Uh, my number 11 is Braden – wait, is it Braden Point? It is Braden Point. Um, Braden Point, um, I think it was three years ago when he went to Team Canada and he captained that team. I laughed because I didn't, I didn't really know a lot about him. And I remember Pinello giving me all the deets, oh, third rounder, 2014. I'm like, okay, third rounder. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> And then he enters the NHL, and um, good God, he's a monster. Um, I don't know, I kind of see a Shifley-Bergeron combined in him, and that to me is just terrifying. And the fact that he's not even the first line center on Tampa Bay is just absurd, and the fact that they're going to make it work, because I know they will, they will sign him, and they might get around the same amount of points as last season. Because if you have a core of Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Kucherov, Gordy, Palat, the list goes on, you're going to finish first every year. So to me, Braden Point is that special player. I don't know what Eiserman saw when he was scouting him. I don't know what he saw that the others didn't. But man, that was a gem. That might be one of the biggest steals in draft history. Looking back, if he continues at this pace, 92 points in your second season or third season. Is it third season? Are you fucking kidding me? That's that's crazy. So the trajectory, he's only gone up just like Kucherov. It seems to be a trend in Tampa Bay. I just want to see where he's at in his peak because I want to see, I want to say Braden Point is a hundred point player, but I'm going to pump the brakes on that right now. But next year, 100%, he will be in the top 10 centers easily. Alrighty, Number 10. This is where it gets impossible. Yeah, it gets very hard now. I've got Evgeny Malkin, which is, if you look at all time, he's second, and it's not even fucking close. But I'm literally just basing it off this year. He had um, he had 72 points, which was, it was a point per game, like usual, because it's Malkin. But he was a minus 30. And him and Phil were very bad defensively this year, and there were a lot of problems. But, like, you can't really harp on Malkin for too long. No. For having one going point per game and still having an off year is still saying something about the kind of player he is. Uh, He's a generational centerman. He should be in the top 100 players of all time. Um, I really – I hope he doesn't decline because there's so much more left to give. He's only, what, 32 now? 32, yeah. Still one of the best players in the league. Uh, yeah, he rounds. Uh, he starts off the top ten here. I got getting Malkin too at uh, top ten. We all have Malkin at ten. <laughs> I like it. I like how Malkin, even though he had some sort of a bad year this year, he's still a player I would want on my team. And I know I think just his situation in Pittsburgh, him, Phil, and 
I, maybe it's a coach. They just saw that, okay, we won two cups back to back. We had one year where we lost to Washington. Maybe we were playing too much hockey, but I think he just did the same thing over and over again because it would, it's what worked like two, three years ago. If he like was more risk-taking and put like maybe Malkin on the wing and Phil load up a line with those guys, he maybe would have like jump-started something. But I think because he just coasted around and had the guys on the same role, didn't really change anything. That's why Malkin, I think, kind of did something to his performance. But next year, fresh lineup because he's going to have to carry that second line with a bunch of nobodies. And, uh, yeah, he's number 10. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> number 10, Malkin. Uh, I would have probably, if, if it was based off last year, probably would have been like fourth or fifth. But the year he had was kind of weird. Uh, when you get over a point a game and you go a minus 30, it's kind of like what went wrong there? Like what – how did you go a minus 30? Your team made the playoffs. There shouldn't be no reason why you go a minus 30. And I know Malkin has been known to be the offensive force that drives Pittsburgh when Crosby's out. But man, like Malkin's defensive game this year was just wasn't there. And that's why to me he's number 10. I, I don't know if it was because of Phil or like they both didn't want to play D this year. I don't, I don't know what it was, but now that Kessel's gone, you have a fresh start. Maybe now you could even boost Galchenyuk's confidence and Malkin's at the same time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's going to be tough. But um, I think if anyone can do it with Galchenyuk, I think Malkin could pull something off there. So I'm hoping Malkin has a bounce back year. Like you said, he has a lot to give, I think, still at 32. And just the way he's built, it's a horse. Um I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 90 next year. That's just my opinion. So, number 10 for now. Uh, number 9, I got Patrice Bergeron. Similar to Taves, they're in their 30s, coming off career years. Everyone thought, like, that offensive potential is going to take a dip. For him, it went the other way. Arguably on the best line in hockey. Probably is. Hate saying <laughs> that, but it's true. Uh, you can argue he's the best uh, defensive centerman in the game. Ever. <laughs> Easily top three. Um I don't know if he'll do the 80 points next year, but no. just a consistent player all year round. Uh, he's been healthy recently, which is a very big part of that team's success. So Patrice Bergeron at number nine. Number nine, I got Mark Shifley, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, every year, he's finally proven that he is an elite player in the league. Uh, earlier on, it was like it was a slow start because you didn't know what you were getting out of him. He was struggling a little bit his first few years in the league. Goes back down for the World Juniors for Canada, plays all right, and then they're still saying, okay, we didn't really see that Shifley. He was down there with Nuge that year and Riley. So I think their expectations were he was going to dominate that tournament. He didn't, but he refocused. He dedicated himself to getting better. It's shown in Winnipeg's success. And I think this year coming up could be another year where we're talking about Mark Shifley maybe going up the rankings. So I got him at nine. It's funny. Uh, I also have him at nine, Shifley. Uh, it was very hard for me to keep him out the top 10, and I was thinking about it. But the game that he plays is very hard-hitting, and um, he's facing the toughest competition we, uh, night in, night out in the West. It's tough. It's a lot more tough than the East, um, at least physically. He's got the physical ability. He's like 6'3", 210. He's a monster. He's the, the thing that was holding him back for me for the longest time was, believe it or not, his offensive game. And when he started going, it was just the sky was the limit from there on. And I feel like when Shifley started going, guys like Wheeler, 
guys like Ehlers, guys like like everyone else just started getting more confident and they just started the puck started going in the net and again like the last three years Shifley's been basically a he's been a a point per game player uh, last year he was unfortunately he was injured for a bit of it but I think that if Shifley is healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 90, and I wouldn't be surprised if he carries um, a big part of the load for Winnipeg going into the uh, very deep run into the playoffs because, man, like we've been saying for years now, is Winnipeg going to go far? Are they going to go to the cup final? They have the core to do it, and uh, I think if they do eventually, it's going to be because of number 55. It'll be because of Mark Shifley. So for me, number nine, and again, like you said, he might even go up the list. Uh, yeah, number eight, I got Mark Shifley coming off an 84-point season. Uh, I think the last three years he's really broken out as that top point-producing center because he had that 82-point year, and then everyone, uh, 83, and then everyone thought he'd get like 100 the next year, and then he got hurt. But he Nick, still was, had, Nick was one of those guys. He yeah. still had like 60 and 60. Uh, to me, he's the most important player on the Jets as much as I love Wheeler. I had him at four on our last list. Yep. Um, I don't think he gets as much love as a lot of the young centermen get because you can make the argument that he's better than a lot of the young centermen in the league that we're about to mention. But um, well, if you look at him, now, uh, like if you look at the draft now, he's easily number one for me. Twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, he's number one for me. So there's really not much to say. Um, I, I see a lot of Bergeron in him too. Maybe not on that uh, caliber of defensive ability. If he if he can get on that caliber, that's terrifying. Because he's the guy's just a horse, and he's really underrated defensively because that line scores so much. So you know, Shifley's just a horse, and he should be a consistent top ten player in these lists. He really doesn't have a flaw if you like think about it. Like I'm really thinking about his game. There's not a lot of flaws. He just doesn't play the penalty kill. I don't think. <laughs> I think that's the only thing. <laughs> Number eight for Alino. This is a debatable pick. I was uh, going back and forth on this, but I'm going to go Alexander Barkov at number eight. Ooh, Florida Panthers. okay. Uh, this guy, when he got drafted, a lot of people... I laughed. Yeah. I was one of them. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell were they thinking? Take Seth Jones. Yeah, Seth Jones <laughs> is available. Uh, you see who went at like one and two. So it was a tough spot to be in for him, but he had to like... He proved everyone in, wrong. Yeah, prove yeah. everyone wrong. He had to come in the league and... Prove him wrong. All the doubters put him to rest. He's improved every year. He's a monster of a human being. And just the way he uses his body and plays, like, he knows how to do that. Like, I compare it just off the boards when he's able to push guys back to what Sundin used to do later on in his career. When, as he got older, he used his frame a lot more. I think Barkov, he has that smart hockey IQ where he knows how to use that body and push guys around and, I think this year he's going to really break out with that Florida Panthers team that's absolutely loaded. So I got Barkov, number eight. Uh, my number eight, Patrice Bergeron, Boston Bruins. Um, this guy <clears throat> I said maybe two years ago was declining, and I was confident when I said that. And he proved me wrong. Um, being on the best line in hockey, at least you have two offensive powerhouses in Marshawn and Pasternak. It's going to boost a little bit more of the offensive numbers for Bergeron as well. Healthy. Uh, another guy that we kind of didn't talk about at all, David Krejci, had a, I think he had 70 points this year, maybe 60-something. No one talks about him. Um, Patrice Bergeron, to me, last year, I think, was his peak. And I think I'm being generous right now at eight. I really think that this guy next year might 
just go completely down. I'm not gonna say I'm not I'm not gonna say that he's not going to be amazing. I just can't see him getting 80 points again. That's just something that kind of like what Taves did. It's just not like that's not the role they have. They're not a lot. It's not that okay. It's not that they're not supposed to get 80 points, but you don't see them getting 80 points with the shit that they have to do. They're physical. They play the defensive end so perfectly, especially Bergeron. He's the face-off master. I think in the playoffs he had like a 70 percent win percentage, which is dumb. It's probably all against us. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but when you're going up against like Matthews, yeah. Um, but yeah, Bergeron to me the best two-way centerman at least that I can remember. But now in an offensive league and a younger league, I would not be surprised if this guy drops a lot next season. But again, right now, number eight. Number seven, Alex Barkov. Um, I, when I see this guy play, it's like Kopitar mixed with Goudreau. Yeah. And it's the, yeah. Scariest, the scariest mix of any fucking player I've ever seen in the league. This guy, he's got a reach like Chara and the moves that he does, like it's... The Panthers deserve this. They have not had a player like this, I think, ever. I think that's why I laugh when they drafted him, because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's Florida, It'll, they'll probably fuck it up. He's also in the Finnish league and the stats were not really... Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, just take the D. But you, like, you look at the last two years and he's really taken this team to... They still haven't made the playoffs, but like you look at where they're heading, he's going to be the main focal point of that. I love Barkov. Like when the NHL came out with their top 20 and they had him at four and everyone's like, oh, not yet. I'm like, I can see why they have him that high. I think it's too soon, but he can definitely get there as soon as next year. But right now, number eight or number seven. My number seven, Steven Stamkos. Uh, A lot of people had him at like top two a few years ago. But this guy, since he's broken his leg, has not been the same player. No matter how many points he can put up with that line, he's playing with Kucherov. So, like, I don't see Stamkos... Actually, I see him going down next year. Maybe another two spots. Maybe out of the top ten with how good everybody's playing. And uh, he also got bounced out of the first round and got swept. After <laughs> having a record season. So, that plays into it, just like all the other ones with uh, Kucherov. Come on, man. What about the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, did he win it? No. 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 <laughs> so, Stamkos... <laughs> He's uh, surpassed maybe Vinny LeCavalier in that market as being like a player everyone likes. Ooh. But that contract right now, Iserman dipped, and he's probably laughing at Tampa Bay and the cap problems they have. <laughs> My number seven is John Tavares, Toronto. Uh, 47 goals, career year. Doesn't happen without Mitch Marner. But John Tavares, his skill set is terrifying. The only knack on his game is his skating. He's an average skater, and if he was if he was a little bit faster, he might be a top three center in the league. But unfortunately, that is not the case. Uh, his skill set is superb. It's elite. Me and Pinello have been comparing Tavares and Stamkos for years, and we've been back and forth with it. Um, John Tavares, to me, is a guy that can get 100 points. But will he get it with Toronto? Maybe. Um, if he gets 100, does he go up the list? Maybe. Uh, he is 27 now, or 28. Um, he's probably in his prime right now. I will say in a couple years, he's going to have to He's gonna have to work on his foot speed because the league's getting a lot quicker. And if you want to be Marner's line mate for your whole career, 
you're gonna have to get a little a little a little faster so but again John Tavares doesn't have a lot of problems in his game so to me arguably the greatest free agent signing in NHL history so John Tavares um we could say whatever we want about Stamkos not coming to Toronto but getting Tavares is a pretty damn solid replacement so there it is number seven number six John Tavares yeah really the only knock is his skating as a Leaf fan it might be a do you really see it as a concern because there were times where he did sign a big contract, so and a long contract, so I want I want, I just want to see him try and improve on his skating. Uh, he doesn't have to improve anything else, nothing else. You don't have to improve shit. The yeah. situation too that he's in, it's not like he's he is a number one center, but you got Matthews there, and you got a lot of talent. One A, one B. So you're not relied on as much as as you were in, with the, uh, on the Islanders. I think that's what appealed to him too. Was he knew that he wasn't going to get all the attention? Yeah, he did at first, but like as you know, as the season went on, yeah. And you know, even even said that he still had a career high and damn near had fifty goals and ninety points playing on the second line. So I don't know if he's going to get any more points, but he's, yeah, he's just got to work on that foot speed. I can see him being a consistent uh, seventy-five to eighty-five point guy for another five years. Yeah. Uh, one of the best players in the league and has been for the last ten. Yep. John Tavares. <laughs> Everything you guys mentioned. Uh, this his foot speed is a little bit of an issue, but he's able to at this point in his career work around it. Yeah, he has the IQ. I think even if he didn't work on it, like he would. Yeah, he'd be smart enough to. Yeah. yeah. I think he's still at a point where he could get away with it. Once he's in his thirties, that might be another story. But at that point, he'll only have like three years left on his contract, so it won't be that big of a deal. And the salary cap might go up, so his contract will probably look like an $8 million contract when we're talking about that then. But, yeah, John Tavares, just when he came to Toronto, he brought that presence to him. Uh, he's been a great addition to the team, and it helps even out the lines. They give him like a one-two punch with two lines. If Babcock uh, can have him with Warner consistently and work on other stuff, I can see him maybe approaching that 100-point mark. It's possible, but... It depends on what situation he's in to get that. Fuck. Um, my number six is Alex Barkov. And I'm actually surprised I have him the highest out of all of you. Um, Jesus, what is there to say about him? Uh, when he got drafted, I laughed. And um, <laughs> it was just one of those where I look at who it, who it is up there drafting him. Dale Tal or no, who was it? Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, it, it's not coming to me right now. Oh, but it was Talon. I think it was. I think it was Dale Talon, yeah. I think he went up and he drafted him, and I'm like, that's not Seth Jones. What are you doing? <laughs> and then fast forward four or five years later, and we're arguably debating if Barkov is a top four center in the league. And a lot of people, I'm. this is uh, – I know, Pinello, you're definitely going to disagree here. But I've heard people say Barkov McKinnon is a lot closer than people think. And I'm kind of thinking about it now, and it's not too far-fetched, but I'd still take McKinnon any day of the week. But the skill set that Barkov has, the frame that he has, and the upside that he has is just terrifying. And I'm so happy for Florida because they've needed that. They haven't had a guy like this since Pavel Bure, and that guy is a winger. So they've never really had a center like Barkov, and he will go down probably as the all-time leading scorer for this franchise. And he'll probably move up the list next year. So I have him right now at number six. All right, entering the top five. 
Austin Matthews. Um, we're going to have the same top five then. It's looking like it. Yeah. When you look at the stats, maybe it, uh, <laughs> when you look at the stats, it might be a little too soon given the fact that the Leafs can't get out of the first round and he's been hurt three out of the four years. But you just look at the talent level and what he did in his first year and what he projects to be and just the skill set, the frame, and just everything that comes with Matthews. And he really is one of the best players in the league. That's not a fucking Toronto biased. That's a common sense thing. There it is. So, um, yeah, I, I'd expect him to move up. He's got to. Pl- we got to see if we can do it through a full 82 game season, and if the Leafs can get past the first round and damage that he can do. So, that's all I'm saying for him. I'll let you guys carry the load with that. Matthews at five. So before we get into this top five, do we consider Leon Draisaitl a center or a winger? Do you have Draisaitl at number five? No. Viewed <laughs> <laughs> him as a winger, so he was not a winger. So that means he's out of the. He's out of the. Discuss- he's okay. out of the centers. All right. So this is going to change my top five list. <laughs> Bear with me here. Uh, yeah, you know, I have at number five. Just say Dreisaitl. You know what? I do have Dreisaitl. <laughs> Dreisaitl, if he is a center, well, he was like two years ago. Just he's a powerhouse, that guy. He just comes in 100 miles an hour. He's a truck. He's going to run guys over. He puts space for uh, McDavid. He's able to just go around, score goals, defend well. Uh, I have him there as one of the difference makers for Edmonton. All they need, though, is just a complete defense and a team and a coach that knows what (laughs) the hell he's doing. (laughs) And a GM and a president who knows what the hell they're doing. But other than that, I think I got dry subtle at five. I'm going to predict before this video ends, I mean, Pinello have the exact same top five. So uh, number five is Austin Matthews. Um, I'll probably say if he has another full year like this year, he'll probably be third on the list. Um, 50 goals is not out of the question every year. Um, The only thing that you can kind of knock out with him is his physical game. He doesn't really hit that much. And a lot of people kind of question why he's like 6'3". He's big. He's kind of fragile. His shoulders are kind of a concern for me and um i don't really see him that's not his role he doesn't have to go in the corners and deck people you just he's got that hockey iq he uses a stick to do the damage he led in takeaways in his rookie year that just shows how great his hockey sense is Um, he had four goals in his first game by the way uh 40 goals in his first season and then ever since yes he's been injured but guess what he's put up over 20 every year with ease and um I think every single year he starts, like the, the, the NHL starts, like the first week or two, he's always leading the league in points and goals. So if he does that consistently and in a full season, sky's the limit for this guy. And again, like Pinello said, it's, I don't think it's a biased opinion. I think it's actually common sense. He's that damn good. Number four, Steven Stamkos. Me and Alino are kind of opposite on this because where he thinks he broke his ankle and that's when he started to go downhill – for me, that's what I'm, I'm most impressed by because he came back and uh, he, he's not that 60-goal guy anymore, but he'll always be that point machine. He'll always be a difference maker. He's still that number one center, put up almost 100 points this year. Uh, you can say he was playing with Kucherov, but you can also say Kucherov was playing with Stamkos. So I still think he's one of the best players in the league. They do have to go far in the playoffs because Tampa, like, the windows now they have the team now 
This is dynasty mode for them. Yeah. If like you think about it right now. Like if they don't win a cup within the next three years, for me, it's a huge disappointment. Not saying the window's over because look who won the cup the last two years. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, one of the best players, but I would love to see Stamkos with a cup because that's the only thing that's missing for me. Yeah. He's going in the Hall of Fame regardless, right? Like for sure. To, for all sure. the things for he's accomplished. But yeah, like it's just that. Like their window isn't they have the best overall team. Like they don't really need anything else to add. Their defense is amazing. I think right now Stamkos is underrated and undervalued, as crazy as that sounds. Because you have Kucherov, who's 25. You have Braden Point, who's 21. You have all these other young guys, and Stamkos is like, holy shit, I could be losing my number one spot. I'm, I have to step up, and I lost. I broke my ankle. I broke my leg, whatever. I've had, I, he had blood clots. He had a lot of problems, yeah. but just continues to improve his game, and he hasn't slowed down. Like, I look at his speed. He's still faster than Tavares. His speed is still there, and it's crazy to think that. He had a broken leg, a broken ankle, all this other problems, and he still keeps it going. So, My number four is the NHL 20 cover athlete himself. Oh, that Austin smile. Matthews. <laughs> Love this guy. Uh, I just think, you know what? Mike Babcock was a little bit... Uh, he was probably he was drinking stubborn, that night. Yeah. I don't know. He's, He's a little stubborn. How do you have Austin Matthews not play more than a guy with a torn ACL? Did you already said like a couple like a week or two ago? He's like, uh, he doesn't deserve to play more than nineteen a night. I think I saw it on Steve's video. Like yeah. he defends that move if you bring it up to him. Like yeah. I play Hyman with a, on one fucking leg over the Matthews. Completely torn ACL, by the way. Completely. And he's out till what, like January? Yeah. Because so of that? It was a bad injury, and he's still playing more than Austin Matthews. And when Austin Matthews was in there, he's a difference maker. And uh, I even think if Austin Matthews, you can put him on the wing with Tavares and Marner and just absolutely crush whatever line Boston thinks they have with uh, Bergeron, Pasternak, and that other guy. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> Austin Matthews every year, just he can score at will. You see him at the start of the year, he'll get four goals. And then you'll get eight, lead the league with points. And then after he'll tail off a bit. The injury concern is why I have him at four. But I think in a few years, if he can be healthy, there's no reason why he can't even be in top two. Oh. He's not number one. That's a little too far-fetched because we all know who's uh, going <laughs> to occupy that spot for another decade. But Austin Matthews, I think, could be among that generational talent that we're all talking about. I agree. Number four. Steven Stamkos. Um, yeah, what hasn't been said about him? Uh, he, Pinello knows, is probably my favorite player in the league. Uh, used to be Zach Parise all so long ago. Um, but, yeah, Steven Stamkos, if he, did, if he never got injured, I don't know how many goals he would have right now in his career. I think he'd have around 500 and something because he's that fucking scary. When you put up 60 goals in a season – and then you get injured, and then you come back and get almost 100 points. That's just a story in itself. And uh, he's still only 28 years old um, in his prime right now. I still think he has about another four good years, I think, in him. Uh, if he never got injured, he's probably a top three center, maybe top two. Um, but, yeah, Steven Stamkos, to me, it's a big what if with Steven Stamkos. But I still think he has a lot of time to kind of – uh, get that lost time, and I think he will do that with Kucherov as your line mate or Stamkos as your center, however you want to look at it. But 
man, if he never got injured, I don't know what it, the offensive numbers he would have been putting up. I think it would have been like Crosby, like like it would have been scary. And you got Gary Roberts as a trainer, another Ooh. fitness freak, just pushing <laughs> him every day. It's like you got blood clots, all right. The wool fix the circulation. There, Go there, on that <laughs> treadmill. You're going on there. There's just not a lot of players that I've seen like go from like I remember his rookie year. He wasn't that good. Yeah, like he was, but he wasn't that good. But he had ninety. What do you have? Like ninety the year after that? Yeah, he started <laughs> off with like fifties. Like how do you have forty five and then you go to ninety? Yeah. Like Jesus Lord. So like. T- <laughs> He never got injured. Like we would definitely be. I don't know. Alino would be saying completely different things about Stamkos. <laughs> I'd probably have him in top two for sure. But ever since that injury, that's yeah, what yeah, he's number four. When you say four good years, do you mean like what he did this year, around a hundred points? I think I still think he could be the number one center for another like three, four years. Yeah, not ninety-eight points the next four years in a row, but Just a little under. A little under that. Alrighty, so yeah, number three, Nathan McKinnon. When you, uh, I think we all have the like same top yeah, three. Probably do. When you look at his uh, story, it's pretty weird. He was the first overall pick. He had that awesome rookie season with 63 points, I think. And then he was kind of mediocre for the next four years. And everyone's like, what the hell's going on? This guy's one of the one of the most skilled guys in the league. And you look at uh, everyone's toolbox and you look at Nathan McKinnon. One of the, to me, he's the most visually pleasing guy to watch in the league. That's just my opinion. Probably. And everyone's like, he's got all the tools, he can't put it together, what's going on? He's getting 50 points, and then 44, and then and then he just explodes with 97, and then 99 the next year. And then Colorado does a complete fucking turnaround, and he is the sole reason why, and he's dragging everyone behind him with him. He's going to turn 23, for Christ's sakes, in September. Uh, Colorado keeps looking better and better. I'll let you guys finish off with that. He's at number three for me. Yeah, me too. And... Uh when he started, he was on the fourth line, and you just see all the centers they had at that point. There's no reason he shouldn't have been on the wing or anything to mix in with that talent they had. They probably would have had a lot more success, maybe even the Stanley Cup. They had Stasny, O'Reilly. like They had a bunch of guys that you could Stasny. put on a line together and just, in their prime, do work in the playoffs. And they had him on the fourth line. He had to readjust, put on some muscle, hit the gym, hit the weights. And, then, and he did. Yeah, and then he adapted to that new body frame because he was used to being that light guy, skate around. But, you know, once you do that, you have to commit yourself to making it work. And he did. He's scoring a lot of points now. Him and Ranton and together are a scary duo. So not fair. Not three. fair. Uh, yeah, McKinnon three. Um, arguably could be two. Uh, this guy, oh, my God, man. Um, passing the torch in Nova Scotia. It's going to happen eventually. Um, Crosby's going to pass to McKinnon. Can McKinnon be a number one player in the NHL? That is the biggest question. Can he accomplish that feat? I don't know if he can, but I know for sure that he will be a top five player till his career ends. And I see the skill set of this guy, the frame everything he does the skating the skating to me might be the scariest part he is a bullet his hands keep up with his speed like mcdavid not a lot of players can do that and again his hockey iq over the years has improved his role he kind of knew going into he knew he was it was going to be his team he knew but you know you had duchene o'reilly and stastny there at the time and it's like 
okay, I'll wait a bit. I'll be a little patient. And then he went in the playoffs and he absolutely broke records. He tore it up against Minnesota. They did lose in game seven. Need don't need a rider. But uh, yeah, ever since then, I mean, after that, they traded Stastny, they traded O'Reilly, and then everything kind of went downhill. McKinnon's confidence was down 44. And then all of a sudden they trade Duchesne and it's like, I guess this is the time where this is my team. I'm the number one center. And then he didn't look back. Uh, he just looked at Landis called Durant, and he's like, let's do it. And they just became probably the – I wouldn't say they're the best offensive uh, line. It's it's between them and the Bergeron, that line. But, man, Rantanen and uh, McKinnon are under 24, and um, that is a problem. <laughs> so uh, I'm very happy that Colorado has a guy like a Nathan McKinnon. Um it's kind of like a Sackick type legacy, I think, for McKinnon. This guy's going to get around 1,000 points by the end of his career, maybe a little more than that. But, man, I am waiting for him to hun- hit 100, and I think it's this season. So, uh, number three next year could potentially be number two. Speaking of number two, that other kid from Cole Harbor, what's his name? Sydney. There it is. Look at him right there. Hey, <laughs> everyone's waiting for the decline. You know, no. 100 points this year. <laughs> I don't know. And he's healthy. It's Sidney Crosby. I don't know what to say. The best two-way guy in the league. Best player I've ever seen. I've had the pleasure to see. There it is, number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sidney Crosby, everything you mentioned. Uh, just not much else to shake your say. head. Yeah. Like, I just, there's he really... gets a lot of points. He got bumped off that number one spot, though. And he, he, he clearly didn't like it, though. He, uh, he's like, okay, I'll get 100. We'll see. stuff. You know what? If you don't like it, Sid, the only way you're going to catch that guy is if you go to a, like a nuclear power plant, inject everything in your body, and turn into an X-Men superhero and mutant. You're not catching that guy. So, no. Sid, those concussions are to blame a little bit. Maybe you don't Damn. like it. Well, learn to love it, as a nature boy said. So, you're number two. Yeah, if, if he didn't get concussed, you would have probably have 1,400 points by now. Yeah. And that's just dumb he's 32 now um just turned 32 happy belated uh man there's no problems in his game uh the only problem was his health and he's been healthy for five straight seasons now getting 100 points establishing Gunsoul is now a 40 goal scorer there's another thing he could put in his resume he made kunitz a player he made dubois a player or dupuis a player sorry and now he made Gunsoul a player so this guy really is a freak of nature and he is i will still continue to say he is the best player i have ever seen so sydney crosby number two i have on crosby if you're going in the finals and you're going to win that con Smythe, i want people to say oh my god that's sydney crosby he's definitely winning that he got like 25 points in the final he's clearly the best player in this career i have not seen that i've seen malkin be better than him in the finals maybe in the playoffs crosby was better but in the finals i saw malkin then the other time I saw Murray and Kessel, and then the other time Gensel was better than Sidney Crosby in the finals. So, so like, it's weird how that works because yeah. he's like he's consistent all the year, play, yeah. but then, then there's the like two finals, guys that just like fucking explode. Yeah. Right when it's a time in the finals, the Stanley Cup final. I don't know what the hell it is with this guy. It's the total opposite of what like you look at other sports. LeBron in the finals, Kobe in the finals. You know, okay, they're getting 50 points. <laughs> Kawhi in the final, he's just going to destroy everyone. Crosby, he got one point or two points against San Jose. Kessel got way more than that. Murray just shut the door. Flurry came in one game and had to. But maybe, but maybe he's that good that they're trying to shut him down that bad. The best part about yeah. that is, 
those three guys aren't on that team. Yeah. <laughs> and there might be a reason. <laughs> but no, you make a good point, but yeah, Crosby too. Yeah, he's McDavid number one for number everyone. One. Yep, yeah. Connor McDavid. Um, three straight 100-point years. He's under 22 years old. Yeah, he's younger than us. Um, <laughs> Jesus Lord! God. The, the only knock that's going to be on him, like fucking half the players in the league. He's not a winner. Yeah, that's that's really it. And that's not even fair because it's one player. It's not friggin' basketball. But he's going to get 100-plus points next year. He's going to do it for the next 15. Him and Dreisaitl. If they can have Dreisaitl second-line center and they can get some wingers like you were saying before and actually build a team... That's going to be a scary force, but for now, that's a a one-two punch, and that's it. Connor McDavid, undisputed number one. Yeah, and uh, that guy's scary. <laughs> I think this year was the closest though, where Crosby I think could have challenged them because he had a hundred points. He looked fucking deadly. Um, but it is McDavid. Like he'll get a hundred and fifteen, and they won't even make the playoffs. And <laughs> That's that's hilarious. So like I come on, man. Like if you're Connor McDavid, you know how mad I'm gonna be. It's like man, like do you see what I just did? I got 115 points, and we finished 13th in the West. We there was no progression at all. Like was it three years ago when they made the playoffs? The fucking book for the fantasy Edmonton finalists. I'm like no, they're not gonna go to the finals. What are you doing? They knock out San Jose that year. Yeah, that was half their team yeah. was on one leg. That was when Anaheim, yeah, Anaheim beat them. Oh, yeah. They they blew it in like a minute and twenty seconds. Remember that? Yeah, um, but I don't know what it is with uh, with McDavid, Drysaddle, with that team. Like, how do they not? Like, how do you not even finish eighth in the West and you have two hundred point guys? That to me might be the biggest mind boggling statistic. You have a guy that dominated fifty goals. I never thought Drysaddle would get fifty goals. He got 50 goals. That was arguably a perfect year for him. I think that might be a career year for Dreisaitl. I'm going to kind of shut my mouth on that for now. But, like, you have two guys that get 100 points, and they, they don't even sniff the play. They don't even, they're not even close. 13th in the West. The only team that they were better than was what? It was, was it L.A. and, like, I don't even remember. L.A. and probably, oh, no, I'm thinking in the West. That might be it. L.A. Anaheim? I don't know. Was it Anaheim? Like oh, Anaheim is bad. Yeah, <laughs> maybe them. But like other than that, like fuck, man, they're not. Their name weren't even close. Chicago was better than them, and I had no expectations for Chicago to do well last year. So for the Oilers, then where, where do you, you even? Need, s- you need Taylor Hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a UFA next year. Why I don't you? think he's gonna want to go there. He's gonna say Edmonton. The hell with that. I'm not going back there. <laughs> Just they have no structure. Like they can bring in Holland <clears throat> from Detroit. They can do whatever they want. Their team is just not structured. From the higher ups, the ownership, the city, the fan base, they're just happy getting a first overall pick. They have many of them. They've never panned out. McDavid's <laughs> stuck there. He signed an extension for all the money they paid him. Twelve and a half. Yep. I don't know where they're gonna go. I uh, I kind of blame Shirelli for the last little while. Yeah. Because like they've been bad before before that, but the last like three four years, okay, this is my team. I'm gonna fucking trade everyone. You gonna trade Hall for Larson? You gonna trade Eberly for for nothing? For Ryan Strom? Wait, was it Strom? No. Yeah. 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 And And then then you trade Griffin Reinhardt for the rights to Matt. Throwing a second to boot. I think he just That's ruined amazing. the structure. Can you imagine in the same draft, you get McDavid and Barzell. 
Oh my god. This is he, too good. You look like a fucking genius. You can keep dry sidle on the wing and have bars. Oh my god. There's the different story. You signed Milan Lucic for $7 million. No then you move. can have dry sidle play wing the rest of his career and he will be yeah. a ne- the next Ovi. You got Whatever. James Neal now. That's could he can get he's like twenty. Awful. Yeah, he's gonna get twenty goals. He'll play with McDavid. Not even ten goals. <laughs> awful. But like when you see McDavid, what he's able to accomplish with this team of misfits, like if he if he there's a statue right the, now. The thing that don't you don't players want to play with him though? I don't care how bad the team is. Like don't you want to play with a player like McDavid? That to me is like I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why they can't just get a winger. I think that's a yes and no thing. Like, well, yeah, like you, you want to win a cup, but like you just you look at where they are in the standings, and they're like, is it really worth it? Like uh, my my stats will go up, but I'm not touching the playoffs. Like they came 13th, the best in the world on their team by a mile. I don't think we'll ever see that again. Yeah, two guys with 100 points. That's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck is that? That's, that's a that's monumental. <laughs> he didn't just get 100 points. He got like 115 points. The other guy's slacking with just 100. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't understand. Nonetheless, Connor McDavid, number one. He's the number one center. It was uh, Sidney Crosby was a close second. But yeah, uh, McDavid, number one. And that's it for top 20 centers. That was exhausting. It was. Now, stay tuned.